Hey, what's up, Shining Otaku? Today, um, it's Cloud9 and... And, and... And this is Shining Spotlight, the stream where we, we highlight the creatives in the industry in order to inspire you guys. Today, we have a man with creative, many creative talents. He's provided comic book and film uh, reviews with an amazing critique. He's done shows like Game of Thrones and even Hunter Hunter on his channel, OAW Entertainment. And above all else, he's a comic book writer who has created a work such as Totems with much more expected to come. Today, we have the great Larry Williams from OAW Entertainment. Thanks. Thanks, guys, for having me. He threw great in there. He threw me off. I was like, the great. You're an OG, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, from, from the community, got to give you your respect. I always got to make sure I do that. I uh, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. How y'all guys doing? How everyone doing watching live? Oh, man. man I'm, 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 I'm all spicy. Definitely. I'm, I'm happy today. I, you know, I'm glad you came back on the day. You know, we know in season one you joined us. I guess you could say this is almost like a, a revisited uh, type of interview that we're going to do today. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, the first one, what, what was the first one, 2017? Yeah, that's actually went so yeah, it was three yeah, years been ago. Time. Yeah, so it, it's been a while. Gotta gotta update the uh you know, gotta <laughs> update for the folks. And besides, y'all didn't have the channel in twenty seventeen. No, uh, we didn't. This is actually fairly new. You know, we yes. were doing it just off of Facebook at the time, you know, just testing out something new. Um and uh yeah, you were one of our first guests, you know, so I'm glad, you know, that like we got you back on for this. Um, talk about some new things, new projects that you got going on, talk about OAW entertainment, because I'm trying to think. At that time, were you still Otaku Assemble? I think you might have mm -hmm. just yeah, yeah. Yep. you were still yeah, Otaku yep. Assemble at the time. Yep, because I rebranded last year. Why did you decide to do that? I, I'm, I'm curious. Why did I decide to rebrand? Because it was getting difficult to talk to people about a channel called Otaku Assemble and have them take you seriously. <laughs> really, really? What do you mean by that? Like, I mean, you had already had amassed the following behind it. That, well, I'm talking about I'm talking about strangers. I'm talking about strangers. So when I'm telling people about the channel yeah. and I tell them what the name is and then they ask me, well, what does that mean? And then I have to sit there and explain it. <laughs> yeah. The truth of the matter is, as much as I tried to take the word back, otaku still carries with it that negative connotation. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I was I was never able to like, you know, to 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 to. Take it back. I was trying to take the turn back, and yeah, couldn't take it back. To be able to flip it on its head, you know, so people... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess it depends on who you ask me. Yeah, there is that negative connotation, but I feel like it's... Wouldn't it be... Wouldn't you think it would be just like how people used to see nerd, kind of? Like, just like the word nerd in English, you know? Mm -hmm. Kind of. Whoa! How they used to, though. So see, that's, so, see, that's the funny thing. Nowadays, geek is chic. Like, it's in. Like right. it's cool to be a geek, right? But that term otaku, like you said, is still it's still treated like the term nerd used to be treated. So, yeah, yeah. it was it was harder yeah. to market. It was harder oh, yeah. to market. Oh yeah, we, we, we recounted that uh, quite a few times ourselves. <laughs> Somebody yeah. asked, you "Well, yeah, because I got into your title." Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Like otaku, what is it? Or they'll say, um, you know, tacos. Like people will, like <laughs> get their own spin to it. Tacos. You know who I'm talking about? Who says tacos all the time? Oh but, man. <laughs> the other, the other, the other thing too, though, is it's like for years, like on the channel, I always just referred to the channel as OAW. Mm. You know, for the longest time. So I'm like, like, like the brand is OAW. 
brand isn't Otaku Assemble. The brand is OAW. So I'm like, okay, well, then we'll just make it, you know, OAW Entertainment. I got OAW Comics. I'm like, all right, this will be the entertainment portion. You know, whenever I start knocking out my own, yeah. pro, you know, films, that's going to be OAW Productions or Studios, whichever one I decide to go with. So, you know, it's still the OAW banner, baby. We still good. We still it's good. easier to remember. It's a lot simpler to, simpler to say and interpret. So, yeah. Yep. I can see the thought process behind that one. I'll tell you the killer, though. I, I'll share an insider secret that I know you guys have probably already ran into. In terms of SEO ranking, yeah, a rebrand wasn't the best idea. Because oh if goodness. you cause if you try to search <laughs> OAW Entertainment in yeah. YouTube, yeah, you'll find my channel, right? But you'll also find, like, if you type in OAW, you'll find, like, Paw, Paw Entertainment, yeah. which I think is the company that does that, um, what's that kid's show with the, with the, the dogs and each uh -huh. dog has a... Which which Paw Patrol? Paw Patrol. Yeah. yeah, Paw Entertainment is the company that does Paw Patrol. So then you'll get like a bunch of videos of that popping in. It's an SEO nightmare. But that's why I always make sure I put Otaku Assemble in my tag. So anytime anybody search Otaku Assemble, my my channel still pops up. And lo and behold, dude, you people are still searching for me as Otaku Assemble. So I'm like, where's Otaku Assemble? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are still. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So like. I remember last time we talked to you about um, we were we asked you about is totems ever going to make its return? And I remember you saying that, you know, that's that you still had something in the works for it. Is that still true? I have plans to return to it at some point in time in the future. I don't know when um, I can't I can't guarantee when just because of all the projects I want to do right now. So. Um, yeah, but I, I have. It, it's going. I'm going to return to it. It's going to look a lot different than the first issue, though. It's going to look a lot different. In in what way though? Like you yeah. got you got to give us something to okay. kind of like wet all our right. tongue. All right, all right, all right. All right. So first, so first and foremost, it's going to be half the length because Totems originally was supposed to be twelve issues. I'm gonna be doing it in six, right? Okay. Also, the cast will probably be much smaller. So, like, if you guys read the first issue, I think the first issue introduced one, two, three, uh, let's see, six, eight. Like, I think I had, like, 12 characters that got mm -hmm. introduced in that first issue. Um, yeah, most of them will probably be back, but there were a bunch of other characters that didn't get introduced until the next issue, right? Yeah, some of those might not be in the, in the new one. I got, I'm, I'm gonna have to trim trim the the cast a little bit, um, and probably even repurpose some characters too. So like some ideas I had um, for potential heroes, I might end up using them as villains just because for what I had envisioned for them in terms of you know design, um, the relationships with other characters, the role they play in the overarching narrative. Some of them actually would serve. The, the narrative better as antagonist character. So I'm going to play around with some of that too. But the, ma the main thing is that it's because it's going to only be six issues as opposed to 12, it's going to be a lot more condensed. So if you, if you recall from the first issue, the first issue was like a pilot episode, right? It was like a, like if you read it, it's kind of like a 30 minute. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's like a 30 minute pilot, kind of like a one shot. Um, 
the new one would have to feel more like a two-hour pilot in terms of content. Okay. So, and, and each issue is going to sort of be like that. So, that, that's going to be the biggest thing. Um, the ball will get rolling a lot sooner in, um, in the remake. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm, I'm, one thing I guess I'm kind of wondering with that, though, is like, you're giving us that, but are you planning on ever extending Totems past just doing it as a comic? Do you ever plan on, like, maybe pitching it as, like, a, like an animation, you know, having it being animated by anybody? Or is this just going to be something that's just, are you just going to kind of repurpose it and kind of um, just extend its run a little bit longer than what originally it went? I mean, it's possible. Um, as a joke... As a joke, right? This is a joke because I don't know because the individuals involved in said joke might be watching this right now because I shared it all over my Facebook. Um, I think right after I published Totems, uh, some of my buddies was talking about doing a Totems pilot, like shooting a pilot for it. And I'm like, dude, we don't have the budget for that. I was like, you know, you know how much CGI you're going to have to pay for? I was like, unless we do it animated, if we do it animated, okay, maybe. But you know, they were they were fi- they were live action filmmakers. They weren't necessarily animators. So, uh, no. but that was a joke once upon a time when I first published it. So, I mean, in terms of like, if I'm open to like adaptation and stuff, of course. Um, would I push for that though? We just we just gonna have to wait and see. Um, it it would depend on what the level of interest is. Um, the one thing that I did notice in terms of like the reception for that book when I put it out. So first and foremost, my marketing, my uh, marketing approach was totally wrong, right? Because when I put Totems out in 2012, right? That was a book that was intended for like teenage readers. Okay, mm-hmm. here's the thing though. Teenage readers don't have disposable income. Right. So I'm, I was marketing to the readers in hindsight that's not what i should have done what i should have done was market to the parents of teenage readers yeah i guess that's a different way of doing it. i never considered it in that sense you know yeah my like uh yeah i was marketing to the audience i shouldn't have did that i shouldn't have did that um i actually i actually picked that up once again i'll I'll, i'm gonna bring up kids entertainment again right like children like children's entertainment notice they don't market to the they, okay, they market to the kids, but the intention is for those kids to then go to the parents. That's how they do that. Tell your and, parents about. <laughs> and the commercials, the commercials are designed that way. If you ever get a chance, dude, take an afternoon, watch, uh, just just watch like fifteen minutes of Nickelodeon or Disney Channel, and wait until the commercials come on, and look and look at those commercials and see how those commercials are designed. Those commercials are meant to grab the attention. Like, of course, they're going to hold the kids' attention because the kid was watching the program on that network, but they're designed in order to catch the attention of any adult in the room. I see, I see, that makes sense. Hold on. Yeah, I didn't even mention? think of it that way. Oh, no, yeah, we, we can hear you. Just made a noise, but you guys can still hear me, right? Yeah, yeah. we can still hear you. Okay, all right, you know, just making sure it wasn't any off-key technical difficulties, but in any case, um, no, I agree. Um, I've, you look at like, I mean, I can remember just from back in the day, like Dora the Explorer, any of those shows, I'm pretty sure that's not even on TV anymore. They, um, I don't know. They brought, they did bring it back. I mean, it's, yeah, it's been there since, uh, or at least last time I saw Dora was like two years ago. So, yeah, I thought, I thought they brought Dora back. I think it's still around. 
You said they brought Daryl back? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It uh I think they did a reboot, like they like a new version, a new I, series, like I, a couple yeah, of years I ago. I see something like that around too. I thought the characters looked a little bit t- different or touched up, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't they do a they actually did a movie recently, I thought, like a live action movie they did. of Dora. Yep. That was mm-hmm. I think that was either last year or two years ago. I was like, wow, I mean, I thought it looked like it was like a you almost like something that you would think somebody would parody off of YouTube or something. Like you a know, fan like, film? I mean, I, yeah, like that's what I was thinking when I first saw it. I'm like, oh, is this actually like for real? Like they're not playing around. I'm like, yeah, I guess they're not mucking around. But <laughs> but but yeah, oh, so man. um so yeah, so like like that that's just one of the things I would have to take in consideration whenever I decide to relaunch. So it's like, okay, number one, like what's the marketing strategy for it's gonna be, right? Here's the other thing too. And for me, this is kind of like a little bit of the more important thing. Okay, so because totems, like I said, it's a it's a story about teenagers and is meant for teenage readers. Right. Okay. The original story for totems, though, is dated. Circa 2008, because because there's an important like uh, historical event that happened that, that was originally intended to to that we were supposed to see in one of the later issues that point that you know pins that story in the fall of 2008 okay here's the thing though a teenager in 2008 compared to a teenager nowadays totally different thing oh yeah of course totally different thing so i'm like so i have to be able to write these characters in a way that will resonate with that current audience um one one of the things I one of the um, when uh, when all of our YouTube buddies, right, you know, uh, insane game freak, Uber Hikari, all them cats, when they got a hold of totems and they reviewed it, I forget which one it was. I think it was Hikari, but uh, they mentioned how it's like what I did with that first issue and the depiction of like high school life. It was general enough to where it could appeal to multiple people, right? Multiple generations, right? Which I appreciated that comment. I'm like, but dude, I don't think that's the same thing as uh, as appealing to a teenage demographic now, because you'll notice one thing, I, if you go back and look at Totems, notice there's no mention of social media. There's no social media in that book at all. Well, yeah, I guess if you think about it back then, I mean, Facebook, I mean, it was around, but it wasn't what it is today. You, you think about... Um... Even YouTube, I mean, it was around, but I mean, YouTube started in what, 2005? Mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're in a much different world <laughs> than we were back then. Right. And so, know? and yeah, so for, for like what I'm just things I'm thinking about in terms of like the, the reboot, like I have to take all of that into consideration unless I want to make it a period piece, which that's another thing because right now we're living in the nostalgia age, right? So, a, um, period piece might not actually be a bad idea especially since um we are just now starting to get to the beginning of like the 90s nostalgia because we haven't really done that a lot of that yet we've just started doing that and um i wouldn't mind writing it in the 90s personally i'm a 90s kid so of course have some yu haka show throwbacks to all the yu haka show fans you know you know, I'd have to I'd have to mention stuff like um like email would be brand new. Um, let's see what else. 
we would have uh oh oh yeah one uh my man Nate my main character he'd have to be a Bulls fan you know what I'm saying <laughs> he'd have to be he probably would be anyway because I was a Bulls fan but you know in a way if you do something like that it actually makes it better well not better but like I don't even know if I would say easier to write but you don't have to worry about having to keep up with with what's necessarily current exactly because you already know how things were back then, how things were set. So you can actually, mm-hmm. I, think, I feel like it would be easier to make something like that. You know, when the time is already well, well since past, almost make it timeless in a way, you know, yeah. as long as the characters themselves have things that people can connect to, you know, right. the, the surroundings, you know, yeah, there's the nostalgia piece to be able to market it initially, but once it really, the ball really gets going and people latch onto it and there's a fan base for it, you know, it really won't matter when it's set. Yeah, it's a time that's passed and that you've experienced. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it's always easier to write stories in the past than it is. Um, I I've always found it easier to write stories in the past than stories in the future, because um, because because that's that's sort of like a trope, you know, especially with a lot of like science fiction writers and stuff like that. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, you write a story in the future, you can pretty much create the world you want, right? right. But I'm like, yeah, but you don't have any of the you don't have any of your own personal history to 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 go off of right so like you take like you take all of those pieces all of those stories from your own life and you have to you 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 have to make them fit within that futuristic world whereas opposed to it's like i mean if you're writing in the past it's just a trip down memory lane <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, no, that is true. You know, that is true. That, that does make it a lot, um, a lot easier unless you're like doing some kind of like alternate, like alternate past, or you know, you're doing like uh, kind of like you know, you're capturing like mythology or something. Like kind of like if you think of like Inuyasha, like obviously that's not how the past exactly was. You know, it's like a fictional past. You know, for mm-hmm. uh, for Japan, right? You know, yeah. so you can alter, you know, alter it a little bit. But I guess yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, you know, that so, makes sense. Uh, uh, not to cut you off too much here, but just want to uh, bring attention to Lion Sage here, who is, uh, or is it Leon Sage? I think it's Leon uh, Sage. But, you know, he said Paw Patrol, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah. responded to one of our comments here. Nice. I don't know. Uh, also mentioned that that, uh, that movie came out last year with the Dora movie. Yeah, I figure that's probably what it is. You know, shout outs to Leon. Uh, to, I swear that's probably Lion Sage, just going based on the icon. So shout outs to Lion Sage. Thank uh, you for coming. <laughs> okay. All right. So I guess we should probably move on to some other questions I have for you. Um, yeah, shoot. So how do, you, how do you feel as though, and I know this is probably, this is something I've probably asked everybody, but this is something I, I feel like I have to ask. How, how has the COVID-19 stuff been affecting you as both a reviewer and a writer in this circumstance. So, okay. Specifically as a reviewer and a writer. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, well, as a reviewer, great. Um, the channel's doing gangbusters right now. Um, yeah. I've had, I've had more time to dedicate to the channel, and it has rewarded me accordingly. So uh, yeah, channel channel's doing really good right now, really really good, really yeah. really good. I, I expect so. You basically able, able to do whatever you want here, and, and then some. And yeah, you know, forced to be on lockdown. Well, yeah. Oh, go ahead, over. 
Oh, no, no, no. I mean, well, I w- actually, I want you to finish your other point first. I think you were probably going to say something else, but then I do want to come back to, uh, you know, actually your reviews. There's something in particular I want to ask you about. But Okay. So, yeah, so I would I would say as a, yeah, as a reviewer for the channel, like the channel's doing great. Um, even the Twitch channel, which I'm still trying to build, right? Uh, Twitch channel was doing well before my, uh, for, I, dude, I still haven't figured out whether it's my console, whether it's Twitch, whatever happened, man. When I had to stop my uh, Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4 gameplays because the cutscenes weren't recording on the stream anymore, dude, I wanted to throw something. Cause, and I, and I haven't figured it out. I haven't figured out what happened. Because I go back to the old uh, cutscenes of the game, like the, the parts of the game I already completed. Those cutscenes work just fine. Why is it that the new ones don't work? I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Um, but before that happened, everything was cool, right? Everything was cool. Everything was cool. But yeah, the, the no, the channel's doing really well um, so far. Uh, I'm just trying to take advantage of it and um, up the game again. Up the game. Um Right now, you know, the the viewer the viewership is increasing. Um, not yet where I want it, but but it is it's progressing, right? Um, March, April, May, my analytics are up, CPMs are up, earnings are definitely up. <laughs> yeah, Earn, earnings are up. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> You're like, well, that's mm-hmm. definitely showing up for me. <laughs> Starting to make that 2012 money again. I'm like, oh shit, don't get me started now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So the so the channel's doing good. Um, requests are up, dude. I, I'll let you. I, I'm going to announce this. I'm doing a, a Memorial Day Q and A right tomorrow night. But I'll, I'll just announce it for if any of the faithful are watching this right now. Um, I'm booked for June, y'all. June is booked. I can't. I can't take any more video requests for June. Technically, I'm booked halfway through July. I'm probably going to have to up production so I can shorten up that list so that I can have more availability for July. But, dude, I'm like almost booked half the summer already with all the requests that's been coming in, um, you know, Patreon requests and things like that. Channel's doing really good. Okay. How has COVID affected me as a writer? Not much has changed. It's kind of the same old, same old. Really? Like, you, <laughs> yeah. don't, you don't, you yeah. don't feel like it's giving you more time, maybe, to be like, all right. <laughs> Not really. Not really. Because the thing was, the quote-unquote more time went to other things. It went to the channel. Uh, it went to other jobs I was doing during the, the quarantine, you know. Because, uh, dude, at one point, what was it? April. In April, dude, I had three jobs. Because I was oh, still... Yeah, I was still working my regular job. I had picked up a second one, and then I started the on the channel full time. And then starting next month, I'm gonna be back up to three again. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess that works, especially when you're saying like the the like I'm starting to make that 2012 money again for the channel. I'm like, yes, that makes well, sense. I'm gonna get that bread, bro. I'm gonna get that bread. <laughs> Believe that. It was on that grind. Oh Gosh, my goodness, the daily. You know, actually, that being said, and this kind of goes back to you know what I wanted to touch on uh, a little bit earlier. You know, I've noticed that your your reviewing style has changed a little bit. You know, like um, or a bit since the way you used to do things, and not in a sense of like the way you speak, but like in the sense that, of course, we all know if we go back to like the early you know YouTube 
like reviewing community days or whatever, a lot of people used to do, of course, like the whole chapter reviews. They used to do the the episode reviews if it was a show. You know, you used to do the Game of Thrones reviews, of course, at one point, Arrow, you know, you name it, right? But now I notice you do more of the concise, like, I'm going to give you a film. This is the whole the whole package. Here you go. I'm laying it out here. Here's the whole, you know, all my thoughts, you know, my analysis on it, just like a full, clean breakdown. Like, how come you, you decided to change formats um, in terms of how you put out your content. I kind of don't wait out what do you mean urban I, I've kind of always been doing that <laughs> well I know but I'm saying like as far as like because you used to do a lot of like um I feel like more weekly stuff but now I feel like it's more of a you do, you don't really do the week like the weekly reviews as much anymore I feel like it's more complete projects is what I'm saying oh I see what you, yeah because yeah. I'm not because mm-hmm. I'm not doing um I'm not doing episode reviews anymore yeah that's exactly what I'm saying I see what, I see what you mean I see yeah. what you mean um well, okay. Couple of things that happened. Um, okay, first off, um, my my viewership, um, they prefer more completed works. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, there aren't many shows that I'm currently watching right now um, that I'm re- that I, that I would even review for the channel. Right. So so that's number two. Um, and then number three is just time, man. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, number three is time. And then number four is that all of the video, I kid you not, is up to the point now, all of the videos I do now are actually commissioned. So yeah. it depends, it depends on what that you were. Yeah, 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 exactly. Through Patreon. And even like I've started, I've uh, branched out even to like uh, super chats and stuff like that. Um, hell, one one of my viewers, he just hits me up on Cash App. He's like, yo, Larry, bro, I got a, I got a, I got a request for you. Boom. Like I'll get the Cash App notification and then he'll text me and be like, yo, man. Yeah. Did you get it? Yeah. Then, this is what I want. Um, so, yeah, man, it's, it, what's cool. What's cool about it, though, is I mean, essentially, I am review on demand now. That's, that's kind of what it is. Um, which is really cool because so number one, my viewers get exactly what they want because it's what they requested, right? Um, oddly enough, most of those requests are for things that a lot of my other viewers get into as well, right? And um, but it's also giving me an opportunity to experience a lot of stuff that I might not have done so otherwise, right? So um, for an example, well, okay. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a a good a, a really really good example and then I'll give you a meh example just because I haven't watched the film yet. So for an example, um, Demon Slayer, right? That was that was a um, an anime that was requested to review because of a super chat goal I had during a Q and A live stream, right? And lo and behold, you know, originally I was only supposed to. Re- watch and give my my general thoughts on the first two episodes it was a first impressions video that's what it was right but then i was like yeah let me check out three yeah let me check out four next thing i know i'm up to episode 13 and then and and now as of this live stream i finished it yesterday i finished the whole series okay um so my full review of that series will be out on fr- what, what is today? Today's Sunday, Friday. Yeah. It'll be out on Friday. Uh, can't give you my can't spoil the thoughts on Demon Slayer in this in this live stream. Can't do that. Can't do that. You're gonna have to tune into the channel on Friday to find out what I think about Demon Slayer. Um, okay, so that 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 was one of the good examples, right? Because it's like, oh, like I've heard about that anime. I've never watched it. Okay, this is an opportunity for me to check it out. 
But then, like, next week, dude, I got a review of Goldfinger, the old James Bond movie. Yeah. I'm not a James Bond fan. I'm like, like, nothing against James. I don't dislike James Bond. Yeah. It's just that that character never appealed to me all that much because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a super secret agent guy. Like, secret agents, they don't really intrigue me you know they're kind of like zombies i'm like okay that that's a cool thing but you know um yeah i gotta watch goldfinger still cool with me it's okay yeah so i I gotta watch goldfinger um we'll see what happens with that man um it's on the dvr i'm gonna watch it next weekend to review the following monday so yeah you know okay okay but yeah but but so yeah so those are the main reasons why um i guess you could say like the content Changed. Okay. That uh, Irving, you like your like your audio. Your audio went out, man. Can he hear us? I'm sure he can hear us, but yeah, he's uh. All right, he's having some technical difficulties, people. Yeah, so he's about to try to reset back in. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, I was about to hit him up in the chat, the the private chat, see if he could read it. Yeah, hopefully. But um, all right. So like, okay, it, you you got your earnings coming in, and as far as uh. Actually, I am kind of curious. Like, what, where, where is all this going for you? One sec, one sec. I, uh, I, I just got distracted in the comments. Uh, oh yeah, one, one, one uh, of yo, the faithful, up, y'all. <laughs> one, no one, one of the faithfuls in the building, no longer one human. Of the faithfuls. That's, that's one of the faithful right there. Um, salute, sir. Thank salute, you for stopping sir. by. Yeah, thank you for thank you for popping in. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, okay, so yeah, sorry, Nico. So so your question was, um, you, you said where is it all going? Yeah, I'm actually uh I'm actually curious where is it all going? Because uh, uh well I'm a bit interested in everybody's end goal or end game. End goal um, and end game. Okay, well, as far as far as the channel goes, um I'm just glad to be doing the channel again. Like Sorry more regular about that. Oh, you good? I think I'm good. Am I good? Can y'all hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. I yep. stopped stealing that oh. internet, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> I swear I keep going Android on everybody in here. You know, it's been a while since this happened, though. So, you know, hopefully... oh snap! Speaking of which, my battery about to die. Hold up, got me slipping. <laughs> man, got me slipping. Hold up, that's one Hold of them up. type of day. Hold up, now we good now. Do. We good. We good. I'm good now. But yeah, call <laughs> me slipping for a minute. Uh, I was old time. I call that time the I'm I'm the tricks timing out. That's what I call that. You know. <laughs> All right, but, I'm gonna need you to stop stealing internet. Larry, I'm gonna need you to go wired. I'm wired. I'm wired. <laughs> we good, baby. We good. We good. Yeah, so but I don't know, uh, did I miss something? Yeah, I was uh I was asking Larry here what is uh what's his end game, basically. Ooh, the end game. Endgame. Yeah, yeah no, I was like, I, I thought, I thought that'd be for the end of the end of the interview. All right, end game. So, okay, so for, as as far as the the YouTube channel goes, right? Like, I'm just glad to be, you know, back doing it regularly again, mm-hmm. um, because since the last time you guys saw me over, um on Shining Otaku, 
um that was right before i took a like what was it it was like a almost a two-year hiatus um i actually ended up taking a break from youtube shortly after that last interview we did um from yeah it was like from the spring of 17 until like eight yeah spring of 19 i took a break from youtube um just because you know i had other stuff going on and so so i've been back on youtube for a little over a year now and um so yeah i'm, I'm just glad to be doing you know just doing it again honestly i mean is there uh who is calling me right now you know I'm what? sorry about that. What I actually want to say is, you know, just not to interject, because I actually do want to save the end game toward, you know, sort of toward the end. But since we've already kind of like already introduced that, what's your end game as a reviewer specifically? Because I know you're more of a, you know, a writer, you know, if anything, you know. So what as a reviewer, what would you say your end game is? Honest, dude, I'm going to be honest. I'm just, I'm just glad to be back doing it again. Uh, okay. If I had like like are you are you asking like what do I want to hit a million views exactly um yeah is it is it to be hit a million views do you want to fulfill some grand for, purpose for, after you hit these views and you, know, you have some life goals to pair with it okay so real quick I I did um you know I did throw that out there just you know as a hypothetical um just for anyone who don't know though I don't mean to flex but the channel is at seven point eight million so. Uh, we we blew past a million a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> we blew past a million a long time ago, man. We right. we shit, we damn near eight million. Um, Our apologies. Okay, you know no, what? Wait, so wait, wait, okay, wait. I'll re- I'll re- how about this? How about this? I'll reveal this one for y'all. Okay, so going backstage again, we got to go backstage with it. So the channel's starting to pick up again, right? But the channel in it of itself still isn't performing the way it used to, right? Like like when my channel was younger, you know? Um, and of course, cause you guys probably know how that works, right? YouTube algorithm, channel rankings, yeah. you know, where you rank in terms of uh, retention, where you rank in terms of watch time, all that type of jazz, right? All, uh-huh. all of the boring metadata stuff, right? Right now, my goal is to get that channel back to where none of that stuff is is an issue um because right now it's an issue um i've like dude for ever ever since the quarantine right ever since the quarantine started and i've started the production up again i'm getting people popping into you know the live streams and whatnot they're like oh snap larry's back i'm like dude i've been back since last year it's like oh snap like because because you know, because I found out, dude, it's like, uh, you know, when I when I schedule a live stream, when I do a live stream, when I upload a video stuff, that only gets to a percentage of my subscribers. Like, all my subscribers do not get informed to my uploads. You know what I'm saying? They're not getting informed to my activity. And it's just because YouTube is so bloated, you know? Um, the bell? Like, yeah, they have to actually, they have to hit the bell. So you dude, even... Even dude, even that. Uh, I actually did a uh, shout out to my man uh, Dragnot. I actually did a test with him one time where I, I I was setting. I think I was setting up a live stream or I was setting a video up for premiere, right? But I did a test beforehand, and he he subscribed to my channel. He he has the the bell icon for notifications, dude. He did not get notified. Yeah, he did <laughs> not get notified. So yeah, dude. So like. 
you know, like I could I could sit there and I could be like, okay, well, you know, it's just a you know technical issue, you know, that's more on YouTube side of things. It's like, but there are things that I can do to help mitigate that. So that's that's mainly what I'm working on right now. Um, I got hooked up with uh with with well our our mutual friend Random Black Gamer. Shout out to him. He hooked me up with some some software that helps with a lot of that back you know behind the scenes stuff. Oh, so I think I know I've been, what you're talking about. I've been I've been doing a lot of research with that. I've been working with that right there. So yeah, I want to get the channel back to the way in which it was running. Um, circ- let's say let's say circa 2012. 2012. You want to get back to your prime. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I say blow past your prime. You know. Well, <laughs> let's get. Well, it's, dude, dude, it's kind of like a. Uh, have y'all have y'all seen the uh, Mike Tyson's workout videos? Yep. Oh yeah. You okay. Know, then, uh, yep. Now y'all notice Tyson <laughs> dropped a lot of weight, bro. Yeah, he mm-hmm. did. All right. So to to carry on with that analogy, I'm trying to get the channel back up to fighting weight. <laughs> Once we get back right to now. fighting weight, once we get back to fighting weight, then we come in for the belt. Got it. So, see, although the only thing is with Tyson, it's like, oh, there's no way you'd be able to go for the belt at this age. But, you know, I hear what you're you don't saying. Never know. You don't never know. They don't. My man Bernard Hopkins was 41 when he won his last title. So, just saying. If he did, I, I don't I mean, nothing against him, but it would kind of make me think, dang, that's not saying much about people nowadays. If you got people far younger that, you know, at this point, you know, wouldn't be able to beat them. You know what I mean? Like, Well, who, if he goes back in as a heavyweight, that's going to be hard as hell just because the, the heavyweight division, uh, cause, I mean, dude, Fury, Wilder, um, Anthony Joshua, any one of them boys is like, that's going to be a problem for Tyson if he goes back in as a heavyweight. That's gonna be a problem. <laughs> so, but anywho, but yeah, so so that's pre- that's pretty much like what my goal. That's what I'm working for for the channel. Getting back to that point. Um, once we get to that point, then then we we set in sights. We forging ahead. Okay. Now, I've been meaning to ask you this because I don't think I've ever you've ever told me this. But do you have any rivals as a creative, whether it be reviewing wise or even more importantly as a writer? Mm-mm. Nope. No, no, nobody who's ever like any creatives that you're like. Okay, you know you have like um, like say for example, like you know like historically like Kishimoto had um like Ichiro Oda, you know, kind of like to compete against. You know, not like compete against as in like has to be like out for blood, but in the sense that it's like, hey, you have another creative like whether it be in your community or whatever that. That you guys kind of build off of each other. You see this person grow, you know, you grow on top of. So it doesn't have to necessarily be like a type of like rivalry, as in like I want to see this person fall apart. But n- you have no creatives that maybe that kind of I don't know in your circle that kind of no nah. really? oh, okay. because because no one does no one does what I do. That's not surprising. That that that's the thing. It's like um, for an example, right? Like like if I take it back to the. Uh, Okay, once upon a time, I did. I did. I used to way back when, right? But, um, you know, what happened with those folks happened with those folks. Let's take it back. Let's go Let's go back down memory lane, right? Um, back when we had the whole, like, YouTube anime community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't consider any of the guys that was making content around that same time 
whether it was the guys before me or the guys that because because when I came in, it was in 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 our sector of the community because I know the YouTube anime there are multiple YouTube anime communities, but in our specific mm-hmm. community, right at the time I came in, Sawyer Seven Mage was the big dog, right, and Forever uh, World. No, no, Forever World. He Yoko, he start yeah. he started at the same time I did. He Yoko started Rama? at the same time. Uh, cause we're, we're talking like the summer we're do. Okay. R- quick, quick plug. OAW 10 year anniversary next month. So, okay. uh, yeah, quick plug, <laughs> quick plug. Well, I didn't even know that. Ten year. If, if, if you want to ask me, Larry, what, what, what are you currently Happy working birthday. on YouTube? I'm working on the 10th anniversary celebration, man. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, like, no, me, like me and Forever World, we started roughly around the same time. Right. Um, but no, like at the time, like Sawyer was the big dog, and then you had Yokorama and Game Attic, who were like the established ones, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then I came in and around the same time too, you had like uh Super Kami Guru, they came in around that same time, and then everybody else, you know, like you, Maine, Hikari, Cloud Village, all them cats, you know, afterwards, right? Okay, even when that was happening, like yeah, technic. I, I mean, if I'm being technical, yes, we were competitors because we were all, you know, competing for views. But honestly and truly, dude, like by 2011, I wasn't even making the same content that they were. So I never considered them rivals because we weren't competing against each other in that regard. Because that people, who came, people who came to my channel came for my content. People who went to their channel went to, for their content. You know, um, I mean, if if I if I ever had competitors, that's when motherfuckers were biting off of me, you know. So like <laughs> like like when everybody decided they wanted to be a fucking Game of Thrones reviewer. Can, oh, yeah. real quick, can I cuss on this show? You, yeah, you know, go go ahead. You know, I ain't trying to get y'all demonetized now. Well, I, I accidentally, hold on, I before you say, are, are we monetizing this video? I don't think we were. But no, no, no you're, you're fine. Just uh, trying to stay away from uh, some of the sensitive cases. I got you. I got you. Okay. So, cause I slipped my fault, but yeah, like, you know, when people, when people were biting off of me, that's when it was kind of like a competitive thing. But, um, but no, nah, man, like, I don't, I don't really have any YouTube rival. Um, there are YouTubers I aspire to be, um, might not ever get there <laughs> just because, just because I don't put in the, the level of work that those guys do in their productions. Um, and yeah, and those are the guys like, that I try to like, I, I see what they're doing and I'm like, oh man, like that's really cool. Okay, let me try my version of that. Like there are those guys, those are the guys that, like, you know, I kind of want to like emulate in some way, but I don't, I don't, I don't really have a competitor. Maybe I should get one. Maybe I should, you know, cause iron sharpens iron. <laughs> well, I guess I, I, should go start, <laughs> I should start, I should start some stuff with somebody, but like, look, start man. Start a feud. <laughs> yeah, I should start a feud. I should start a feud. Now, only reason why it's like, cause I guess sometimes like, I don't know, I just think about myself as a creative sometimes, like having someone not necessarily like like out for blood, but someone where I'm like, okay, you know, we're you know, like the kind of compete against it kinda of can be like a like a like a friendly rival, like almost like a drive like drive you a bit. You know, and that's I'm just I guess that's why I was kinda of curious in the sense for yourself, because I didn't know if like was there ever a reviewer out there or, you know, even um, you know, amongst your community, um, you know, like when you start out as a writer. Like actually, you know what, since you did mention that when you did start out as a writer, what happened to the writers around you that that 
you did feel that from, like feel a little bit of a drive from, if that makes any sense, like creatively. So the writers I got creative drive from were all my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they were either friends or friends of friends. Um, and in that regard, it was just a matter of just being around those people, you know, like being around creative people. Um, Are they still working on their craft or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they're back home in Louisiana. I'm out in Texas right now. But uh, but, you know, that's why I like, you know, every year or two, I got to make my, my pilgrimage back to to Lafayette so I can be around those people because I'm like, I need that energy again i need those juices you know what i'm saying um well they don't have that like in uh texas like you don't have like a community or you know like you haven't found like a spot i haven't found one yet i i I haven't found one regularly like i've gone like uh there there are some artists um there are some artists i know out here in san antonio um and there are some writers that i've you know interacted with and whatnot but not on not enough on a regular basis okay that's interesting. No, yeah, I, I hear what you mean. Um, like I know here, like I know uh, Nico and I, or Ann and I, are um, a part of like this group called like uh, Detroit Tradecraft, and it has like a lot of uh, how would you say? Um, I guess a lot of like OGs and like the comic book, like the comic book industry, you know, comic book creators. Like some of them have you know worked in like Marvel, DC. Um, you know, you have some of them that. Um, you know, haven't done that, of course, but maybe I've worked in other mediums. So that's why I was thinking, like, usually I always come across, like, there, like every community has, like, their own little pocket. So, I mean, I guess I can just encourage you, you know, like, in Texas, I'm sure there has to be, like, something like it there, you know, because I know New York has something like that. Chicago has something like that. Oh, yeah, um, but a lot, so many of those cats are in Austin. Say what? I said Austin. so many of those cats are in Austin. Yeah. In Austin? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so I might have to take a road trip. <laughs> we'll get with those cats. Oh my goodness! Yeah, no. but yeah, but yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't really found that group yet. Yet. Now, as far as conventions go, obviously we know this whole year is is um, pretty much done for conventions. I mean, there are. I know a lot of places are reopening, but I mean, let's be real here. Nobody's. You're not going to have everybody who's rushing to go back to a convention right now. You know, seeing is how things are mm. do you have any plans next year you know for like your new projects i know you're working on a new project is that correct like mm-hmm. another one outside of totems mm-hmm. you know to unveil it maybe next year like at you know an upcoming convention if so like what spots are you thinking about uh it wouldn't be it wouldn't be next year um it would not be before it wouldn't be before 2022 um, because next year would be too soon. Um, cause with, with my new product, the, the, the book I'm currently working on, um, my idea for that is that in terms of like physical, I would only do one physical, right? One physical release. And if that's the case, then that's the entire book. So I wouldn't even be doing conventions until the entire thing is finished. So that's why I said 2020, 2021 would be too soon. Okay. Okay. So you're still you still haven't even have you haven't picked out the artist yet then? No, not cool. yet. Not yet. Okay. But um, oddly enough, another thing, another weird sort of uh, benefit of the quarantine. Um, the project I'm currently working on. Okay. What's weird about that is 
Production-wise, not much has changed. Resource-wise, a lot has changed. So I'm like, production on that might actually start a lot sooner than I originally anticipated. So depending on what happens, man, um, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving myself flexible right now hey, we um, hungry for this man i've been waiting i've been oh, i'm shit, just letting too. you know <laughs> i'm it's like been seven damn years <laughs> who are you telling you know i'm you, like Irvin, let me ask you a question man you ever been pregnant for seven years <laughs> no but i mean i've seen that on family guy you know you think about <laughs> what's it's the painful. body episodes <laughs> Dude, i i i am at the point with this current project i am so sick of it Right. Like, I'm probably never even going to read it when I'm done with it. I'm I'm going to put it out and I'm gonna be like, all right, get it out of my face. I don't even want to look at it. Right. That's how sick of it I am. But the reason for it is because I see the finish line. So I see the finish line. So, so. let me ask you this, then, like, you know, five years from now, we're not going to still be saying, man, Larry, when that project coming out, dude, if it takes another five years, then it just ain't coming out. <laughs> That's how I feel. If it if it takes another five years, I'm moving on to something else. Oh I my god! Because I, I I got I got a couple of stories I've been waiting to do, bro. So itching. I've been itching to do. Like, at least give us a teaser or something. You know, that's that's what I'm looking for. At least something to you know throw out there and be like, okay, it's coming. You know, update. Let me address these a uh, couple of commenters that came in. Uh oh, uh, maniac, maniac madness. madness. That's another one of the faithful, another man. Another What's happening? Faithful. Thank you for stopping by. He says, "Being that you guys are writers, how do you all define success? Is it by the reach of your audience, or is it by being being able to live a life creating content on your terms, or is it something else?" Ooh. I'm uh, I'm not an audience a writer myself. Uh, I'm gonna leave that question more so to Cloud Nine and uh, of course uh, Larry here. So for me, it's the latter. Um, I've always said that um, I've always said if I never made a dime selling comics, I'd be totally fine so long as I could afford to keep doing it. You see what I'm saying? So if one like if I could afford to just keep making work, even if I never see any profit from it, I'd be happy with that because at least I can keep making work. Um, So to me, that's success. To me, I can I can agree with that notion too. Like, for me, it's more of not only self sustaining it, but I want to make sure that I put ideas out there and touch people with my ideas that maybe are even similar to myself, or maybe in, put something in somebody's head that they maybe never thought about before. So I want to provoke thought when I put out stories. You know, of course, I want to entertain too. But if I can even put out, you know, a story that make someone think a little bit differently about an idea than maybe they did before they read the story, then I feel like I've done my job as a writer. And that's to me success. Yeah, if I were to uh, add anything to that maniac madness, again, I'm not a writer, but um, just going off your questionnaire, is it by reaching an audience or is it just being able to live a life creating content on your your own terms? I would choose the option to do something else. It's uh, one of those things where just like how you figured out what you wanted to do was be a writer, uh, your terms for what it means to reach success is also something you'll, you'll be finding for yourself. Uh, 
whether it's you know once you finally sell a book once that selling book becomes basically uh you know it's selling a million million covers it's getting a reward whatever whatever makes you feel like you finally reached that high point and you can look yourself in the mirror and be like oh yeah i'm feeling good today okay then we had dom leon's thank you for stopping in buddy he's uh no, he's been one of our uh, one of our fans, subscribers, all that whatnot. Put the fist up. I'm like, I'm wearing the perfect shirt for it, to be honest with you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, but um, let's see here. I know I had another uh, big question for you. Um, so I know Inuyasha is definitely up there as far as one of your favorite, uh, you know, anime manga. You know, one that's warm to you. Obviously, it's having its return coming, or kind of having like a pseudo return. You know, I don't know if you've heard about it. Where a you have like it's a yeah. sequel series. How do you feel about that? Oh uh, man, this is funny because somebody asked me about this in my last Q and A. Um, so the answer I gave in that Q and A, same answer I'm gonna give here. So when I got into Inuyasha, I wasn't aware that it was a shojo series. Yeah. Um, and I've always said it's the most shonen shojo series I've ever man. seen. <laughs> I say the same thing. <laughs> right? Here's the thing, though. The sequel feels more like a traditional shoujo. In which case, I'm not exactly the intended audience for that. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not, I'm not gravitating to this. This, this new one isn't appealing to me. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not appealing to me. Um, I might, I'll, I'll probably check it out just to see what happens, right? Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to commit to it at this point um i'll check it out just be, just out of curiosity but that's about it now only thing is with the the whole new series i'm just kind of wondering if it's going to go down the i hate to say it because i'm sure there's people out here like it but like the baruto route you know or like the gt route you know GT. in a sense where it's going to go you know where they're going to almost like kind of mess with stuff in the prior uh the prior series, you know, so I mean, obviously, I hope they don't like. I mean, they're gonna have to rewrite some stuff, but I hope they're not gonna they're not gonna mess up the ending of Inuyasha, you know, with this. That's the only thing I kind of worry about with it. Um, but in any case, with you being a writer, how do you like? Is there any particular work if you had a chance to work on, like, let's say, I don't know, like X Men, or you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily like anything in like American comics, even if it was in, let's say manga what project would you work on like outside of your own what project would i work on in yeah, comics yes just or or just a writing uh, you know what both let's go with both okay let's make it because because dc can't make a superman film to say they're to save their life i don't understand why it's not that difficult i kind of i kind that's, of beg to differ i think that's not i think I think they did a good job with Man of Steel. That's the only one you keep bringing up. What about, what about, what about another one? What with another one? Wait, well, I mean, I think Batman vs Superman was bad, but <laughs> Larry just keeps shaking his head like <laughs> I've so, lost all the respect points of Larry today, ladies and gentlemen. They're all well, out the well, window. Let him, let him back his case. <laughs> let him back his case. Oh my goodness! Well, let me tell you, let me let me tell you something about Man of Steel. A lot of ideas 
terrible execution. That was my thought exactly. See, I know the one scene everybody always references is when, you know, his dad got taken up in the, uh, you know, the. Don't get me started on the tone over the damn dog. (laughs) Over the damn dog. I mean, that was bad. I'm not going to lie. That was bad. But if we just remove that one scene. We talking about, and, and we, we, and what is it? It's like, no. Don't come and save me because everybody will then see you. You know you'll you'll, re, you'll betray your secret. Superman is fast enough to scoop Jonathan and the damn dog and make it back under the bridge before anyone would have noticed. <laughs> or how about this? What if he just went and got him and then didn't go back to the bridge? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Who's going to sit up there and be like, where did Clark go? Hey, Clark, you was under the bridge with us. How come we didn't see you from under that bridge no more? Where you went? It's like, dude, I got the hell out of the way with a tornado. That's what I did. What did you do? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, I mean, like I said, there, are, there were some issues. Don't get me wrong, but. Some. You know. <laughs> like Jonathan saying you should have just let that kid die in that bus uh, crash. Well, how about Martha saying, uh, be their hero, be their savior, or be none of it? You don't owe this world a thing. I'm like, you're an illegal alien, not just on planet, but also in America. You owe the people you serve a lot. And if you're trying to be this beacon of hope, this iconic symbol for humanity, you can't, yeah, you, yeah, no, 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 mm-mm. Mama, that that was bad advice. That was terrible advice. I don't know. Like if you if you look at if you just take it at face value of what she was saying, you know, about him not owing a thing. She said it. just like I know. What I'm saying if you just take it at, for what she's saying, right? And you look at Superman just like as like a regular person, right? Like let's say you look at it like that, right? Because I mean, at the end of the day, he ended up on Earth, but it wasn't something that he. It wasn't something that he made a decision that he made for himself. It's something that his parents made for him. If you put it in that perspective, right? You know, it's not like he said, let me come to Earth and, you know, do whatever the hell I please, right? I mean, I kind of feel like he doesn't really owe anybody, technically. You know, it's like with anybody else, just because you have an ability doesn't mean that you have to use it. You know what the problem with that is? People forget because, yeah, people forget because it's not, we don't see it enough in Superman stories nowadays. So this is the comic book guy coming into play here right superman chooses to be a superhero he's the one that came up with that idea it wasn't this destiny jor-el meant for you to do this your suit been chilling in the fortress all these fucking years no martha made his suit because he decided to go and be a fucking superhero Mm -hmm. so Miss me on that he don't owe nobody anything crap. Because clearly, <laughs> he thought he did. Otherwise, he wouldn't have bothered. Yeah, I guess that's the way to look at it. it dude, is, I'm going to be real about this. This Because, that, that, dude, the whole destiny thing has been killing the Superman mythology since Smallville. The last time I saw it where they played it straight was uh, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. The Dean like, I'm doing it because I, I, I want to do it. You the know, the, the, D, the Dean Kane series. Go back and watch that. Yeah, like Clark does it because he wants to do it. That's how it was in the comics. He wasn't prophesized. Nope. But then you have to consider this too. Does that work well in film? Because you know, in yes. film, you kind of have to have like a clear reason as opposed to, you know, well, not a clear reason, but hear me out. Hear me out. 
in film, you have you have to resolve the issue within the same context of the film. A clear reason for wanting to be a superhero. Well, no, I'm not saying for a superhero, but what the I'm world saying... is crummy. <laughs> I have the ability to change that. One <laughs> plus one equals two. Okay. Hell, dude, <laughs> dude. I mean, I mean, dude. That's like, dude. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen Pay It Forward with Haley Joel Osment? No, I've never seen that. Oh, dude, you should check it out. It's a really good movie. But uh, like in Pay It Forward, um, like they they ask Haley Joel Osment, it's like, how did you come up with this idea? Like, where did this come from? And he says, because the world sucks, <laughs> <laughs> and I have the ability to make it better. Okay. He's not Superman. That was just a nine-year-old kid. Or was he 11? He was either nine or 11. Oh, my goodness. Might have been 11. But uh, I'm just going to address this last comment here uh, before we start wrapping it up. I and mean, we're already at the hour mark. Uh, no longer human. Commented again saying, uh, question. Have any of you guys experienced creative block or, in my case, writer's block, which I have been stuck in for two years now with my project? Why do you guys – how do you guys overcome that? Or what do you guys do to overcome that? Ooh. Overcoming writer's block. Um, so my answer is going to be very unpopular but also necessary. Do it regardless. So – is your writing block, is your writer's block that you can't come up with anything? Or is it that you're stuck on a certain part of a project? Um, you're going to make bad work. Newsflash, you're going to make bad work. Um, do it anyway. Fail, but fail forward and fail expeditiously. The, the point is to get the practice Sometimes the practice is more important than the product. So, um, how do, yeah, that's one way you can like work through writer's block. Just do it regardless. Um, another, this isn't as constructive, um, work on another project. Work and then, and, but here's the thing though, if you work on another I, I would make this. I would make this. Our um, this argument. If you're suffering from writer's block, I would suggest you work on another project. But it can't be a writing project. It has to be something totally different than what you're doing. So, for an example, like when I have writer's block, I go paint because that's a totally different activity. It's a totally different activity. Um, yeah, I I go paint. I, you know, I'll go and watch something or I'll go and listen to something sometimes at the same damn time because uh, I've done that before. Uh, I usually paint with, whenever I'm, I do art. I'm usually listening to music. But, um, yeah, you do an activity that is totally different from writing because you because because if you if you have writer's block, you have you need a break. That's what that is. So either blow through it or. Put put it on hold for a little bit. Go do something else, and then come back to it. Okay. Okay. Well, I you know I actually agree with a lot of that, but I also kind of want to add something else to it. Um, you know, I know one thing 
I would say, and this is just something I'm, I'm mentioning this because this is something I feel like I've experienced myself. Make sure that the reason why you're having writer's block isn't because you're trying to force the characters to do something that's not natural to those characters. What I mean by that is, is that, you know, sometimes at least for myself, you know, you have a scene that maybe you want to go a certain way, but it's not the way that it naturally should go, you know, or it's not the way that the characters actually want to act themselves. And you have to let those characters do what they what they want to do, even if it's them going a direction that you don't really want them to go. If you've already been writing that story, and you have to let the story play out, you know. So if you're having writer's block because you're like, "Dang, how can I make this work?" or "How can I make that work?" Sometimes you have to just let them play out, you know, and um, you know from and then move from there, you know. So it's kind of piggybacking off of what Larry just said, you know, about as far as you know, you have to just you know just keep going for practice, but it you know, make sure that if it is the reason or the reason why you're holding things up is because the characters are kind of, I don't know, going in a direction you don't, you maybe didn't really want them to go. You just have to let it happen. You know, you know what the ironic thing about that though is the ironic thing about that is what we're really talking about is a first draft. So if you have like given a Irvin's example, right? Like, if you are experiencing writers writing writer's block, right, while you're constructing a story, see, that right there leads me to believe it's like you're doing your first draft. So like Irvin said, like, you have to let that story play out. Dude, you can always fix. Uh, there's an old uh, film industry quote, right? Well, fix it in post. One, <laughs> you, you can always fix it in revision, right? But the important thing is to get the first draft done. Um... For anyone who's ever seen the film Finding Forrester, love that film, love that film. Great film about a writer, two writers, actually. And uh, but Sean Connery's character has a line in that film where he says, you write the first draft with your heart, then you write the second draft with your brain. So you let that first draft play out however it's supposed to be, because you can always go back and fix it and touch it up in the revision. But get the first draft done first. First things first. Exactly. I agree. Oh, yeah. And if I were to follow up with these points brought up, it's uh, I wouldn't. Okay. I'm not going to say I particularly uh, I particularly was the best going through something like that. You know, there's, there's plenty of other people, different opinions slash uh, advice out there, of course. But uh, much like Larry brought up, I would say continue to work through it, even if it's uh, even if, you know, minorly, you just start with, you know, baby steps with it. Continue like if you're an artist, uh, if for anyone checking out, uh, you know, continue to doodle, do something, you know, and uh, work your way back to basically getting the motion as a writer, continue to write up ideas and stuff like that, Experience but continue to too. work. Because um, the uh, the thing is, you know, I, I would also kind of uh, just to kind of go back on what I just said there, assess what it the try to under assess what the potential issue is for why you had that block. Like Larry brought up, he brought up two cases. One is, you know, uh, it could be your first case. You ran into an issue or you may have just gotten, gotten lazy because you got too much free time. Uh, and you're creative versus basically your, uh, your day job. 
you know, so you got to take certain structures from that from the day job and actually continue to do it and not actually stop. Whereas on the flip side, if you're doing too much, you're overburnt, you're overtaxing yourself. Yeah, you'll burn out. Then, uh, yeah, you will burn out. It will affect you. And especially if you're getting little hours of sleep in, the, in that regard. And uh, I, I'm a crazy example of that, you know, whether it's because I'm a Capricorn or what. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, when you tax yourself out, it, it, it does start affecting your, your body. And you really should take your more care of your body. But anyhow, anyhow, that's one of those things where take another note from your day job. If it's a, day, a job that care um, where, you know, you, you you're forced to have to take a lunch or a break or something. It's, yeah. The, uh, and you're forced to keep it to an eight hour shift in a day. Uh, if you're coming out from work, could doing another you know, 12 hours into your passion project. Yeah, you've basically spent 20 hours in that day, uh, basically working. So I, I say start there. Are you overdoing it or are you slacking somewhere or are you just afraid to tackle that challenge? You, you know, I kind of want to add one more thing, you know, to that. Just something very small. I know you're getting ready to. Whoa, you're whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you just, sixty seconds. Just make sure you're having fun. That's a, that's a, something that my, you know, my teacher, my mentor always makes sure that he pushes to me. Make sure you're having fun. So I just want to make sure that I push that out there. If you're writing something, you're not having fun, you know, with that story, you know, then that's an issue. You know, as a writer, you want to make sure that you're having fun with it. I know that probably sounds weird, Larry, but I mean, it, it, trust me, it really means a lot. When you, you gotta have fun. When was the you last time I had fun with my story? Twenty <laughs> sixteen. Hey. I haven't had fun with that in a long time. <laughs> that, that that that's that's not necessarily something that that you don't want it to be that way. I'll just put it that way. Right. It's because I took too damn long. I know what the I know what the problem is. I took too long. <laughs> I should have, dude. Dude, when I do when I set out to be a comic when I set out to be a comic book writer, I always told myself I would never do a long term project. I would never like like you know, you know like you got manga. It's mostly the manga cut because even um, American creators they don't stay on books no ten years. You know what I'm saying? I was like I would never do something like that. Right? I'm sitting up there doing that right now, and I'm like this. No, no, short form, uh, mini series. Uh, limited runs, and then we move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm, so you won't begin to hate it. <laughs> All right, that that was a fabulous question to end it off on. You know, ladies, gentlemen, thank Actually, you all. What? Before we go, very quickly, can you tell us your your end game as a writer? My end game as a writer? Yes. <clears throat> well, okay. How about this? So my dream i'll say dream as a writer was always to be one of the most influential of my generation what does that mean that means i always when i set out to be a writer way back when like what damn near 20 years ago right back you know back in middle school and shit like that i always said i wanted to be one of those guys that people bring up when they say oh well why did you become a writer? You know, the, the same way I can name Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, you know, Toriyama, Kishimoto, um, Gaiman, Moore, all them cats, right? 
I want to be somewhere in there, somewhere on that list. It's like, oh man, what about Larry? What about what about Larry Williams, man? Yeah, what about that guy? It's all I read some of his stuff. He a little long winded, but I read some of his stuff. <laughs> I want to be a little long winded, right? I want to be in the conversation. That's what my end game is. Now, what does that look like? I don't know, but I have kind of experienced that before. Um, once again, I'm not flexing, especially on y'all platform. But hey, flex all you need. It's your time. But <laughs> when Irvin started up shining otaku, and he and he looked at what I did with OAW comics as a model to start from, well, that's that's what I'm talking about right there. That's what I. That is always my end game to to inspire someone else to get into the industry. That's what I've all because you know because all of this you know will uh, sustain the industry and all that. The best way we can sustain it is by getting new fresh blood into it, because because the, the industry will die when no one cares anymore. Yeah, I guess that that makes perfect sense. So if if, if we if we want to talk about longevity, if we want to talk about if if we want to talk about sustainability, longevity, and then finally legacy. I think the best way you do that is by passing the torch. You inspire the next generation behind you. That's what I want to do. For good or ill. And I've always said, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to burn out in mediocrity. Either I want to be a success story or a cautionary tale. Whichever one. <laughs> I'll, ex- I'll accept yeah, either one. <laughs> a cautionary tale. I don't know. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be laughing about that. But like, it's the way you put it. <laughs> Oh man! Hey man, but, go big or go home. We, we, not, we do it for the culture, right? You're not going to be a cautionary tale. You're going to go down as you know, as one of the greats, man. Just keep, keep edging towards it. We're all going to edge towards that. Yeah. yeah. So that's what my end game is. Fair enough. All right. You know, I'm glad we got that last bit, and I, I actually, you got, you got more points on me for that one. Right on. Right on. All Ladies, right. gentlemen, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for. We got a few. We got announcement. You know, next stream, we are going to be interviewing uh, exuberant cosplay. You know, he's he's um, you know award winning cosplayer. He's you know, um, believe he's won award and for um, through uh, Motor City Comic Con before. So you know, those of you who live like in the Metro Detroit area, you're familiar with that. He does prop design, the full nine yards, you name it. If you guys are interested in cosplay or interested in knowing anything in regards to that. You guys are going to definitely want to check out that next stream. Usually our streams are every two weeks. This one's actually going to be next week, next Sunday at 9, 10, 9, 10 Eastern Standard Time. So make sure that you join us for that interview. It's going to be a really exciting one. I'm looking forward to it. You know, um, of course, learn more about cosplay, especially prop design, because I don't think we've ever really touched on anything um, prop design related in any of these streams, actually. Um, and um, with that being said, Larry, did you have anything that you wanted to announce before... Uh, announce um no just a plug uh check out the channel youtube.com slash oaw entertainment uh social media facebook.com slash oaw entertainment twitter.com twitter.com slash oaw entmt twitch.tv slash oaw underscore entertainment um patreon.com slash oaw and that's that's about it. Like I said, I'm doing a Memorial Day Q&A tomorrow, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern. 
So uh, if anyone you can, if y'all available, man, um, I'm, I'm gonna drop the link in the in the uh, the group chat that we got on Facebook. Um, so y'all swing through. It's gonna be a chill Q and A. It's gonna be chill. It ain't gonna be crazy like the like Friday's Q and A. We ain't because that one was crazy. We ain't gonna get crazy. We just gonna chill. We gonna be mellow. Definitely, definitely make sure you check out all of those pages. You know, for Larry, if you want some amazing reviews, if you want to check out some awesome content, you're always going to want to go to check out his channel. Um, you know, as I said earlier, he does a full nine yards in terms of reviews. It's not just anime. You know, even film reviews. You know, I know he did a review on something like, for example, Us. So if you like Jordan Peele films, he has like reviews on even stuff like that. So it's very diverse in terms of the content that he covers. So definitely check out his channel. Oh, you dude, because you don't know about June Slate. Ooh, boy. <laughs> June Slate going to be something else, bro. Diverse. Right. Yeah, that's the term. <laughs> so before Nico, you know, force chokes me like Vader through this computer, um, we're going to head on out, guys. <laughs> I guess Larry's already doing that. <laughs> we're going to head on out, guys. Make sure you subscribe to the Shining Otaku channel if you haven't subscribed already. Like the Facebook page, you know, follow our content. If you want writing videos, we also have writing videos on our channel as well. We'll have some drawing videos coming up in the future. So if you're interested in that, you can check that out as well. Um, and thank you guys for watching. And join the Shining Otaku, everybody. See you later. Peace. Catch you all later.